Welcome to the Russell Ball Podcast. We are your host, as always. My name is Joseph Ty. Joining me is my good friend, Mark Belraj. And today we brought back our good friend, Kern Badwell. Welcome to the show, Kern. Thanks for having me again, guys. Kern, when oh. uh, when'd you get back? So I got back about a month ago, June 28th to be exact. And you did your quarantine? I did my quarantine for 14 days, <laughs> mandated by Health Canada. Nice. And how did you find the... Uh... I guess, checking up on you and uh, making sure that you're following protocol. How did you find that? So it was strange at first, but I understood it's absolutely necessary. But I got four calls from Health Canada in that time. And so, so they're uh, actually doing their jobs down in Health Canada. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to. That's but that's good. pretty good. That's yeah. good. I mean, I guess that's why we have such low infection rates, right? These are the measures that you got to take. I think I saw today my 680 News was saying there's only like 68 cases today, which is like pretty phenomenal. Yeah. I think we've, the last week we've had like between 100 and less than 200. Well, I'm interested to see the numbers after this long weekend because you know everyone's hitting the bars up, especially stage three now. Yeah. The patios are open, obviously. We went last week. Uh, as long as you're staying safe, though, and everyone's wearing the mask, I, I, you know, I hope everything's going to be all right. But let's wait to see on Tuesday what the numbers are. But you said even Michigan wasn't too bad. No, uh, well, Michigan got hit pretty hard, like the Detroit area. I was in Minnesota. Minnesota, sorry, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah sorry, Minnesota sorry. wasn't hit too bad. Yeah. So um, it, it depends. It depends on the area. It depends on uh, the measures that people are taking. Um, but absolutely, you have to wear a mask. You got to social distance. And um, it's, it's not a difficult equation, but you'll be surprised how many people... Um, are unable to do that that's very true uh speaking of which one of those people is terrence davis very disappointed mm. i love him as a player but uh, you know sometimes you just don't agree with these players ideologies it's ridiculous but moving on from all of that talk you guys watched the raptors game yesterday oh yes oh yeah so so Where's I, the hype, guys? We just <laughs> won our, our 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 debut I'm not against shocked. one of the best teams in the league. All I yeah. know is someone said that, oh, I forget who it was, said, oh, this is a preview of the finals. And the way the Lakers play, I don't think so. And this has always been a grip with the Lakers, that they're just not, they're not that fourth quarter finishing team. That's what I said last, I think, a week, they, last week. They it looked saying, for a moment LeBron was going to turn into LeBronto. When, oh when, yeah when he hit those two threes in a row yeah um but he's but, not king of the north Kawhi leonard is king of the no kyle lowry is king of the north <laughs> kyle lowry's king kyle of the lowry. north. And kyle lowry got 14 rebounds you heard the board man left so he became the board man yeah that's and we right. know board man gets paid so it was, but kyle lowry was killing it yesterday he was doing veteran moves he was dishing out assists not as many but grabbing boards over uh, big guys um such as uh what's it javel mcgee just, just completely tearing up. I know there was one play where Marcus Hall tried to go for the charge. He got, actually got called for a defensive foul, and then Kyle Lowry ended up going for the charge the next play and got the call. So it was like all like great things. Well, well somebody said it best on Reddit. They said that Kyle Lowry plays. You know how they say point forwards. He's like a forward point, where he mm. is a point guard that does all the dirty stuff on the inside. He takes charges. He even guards the big man from time to time. He's just insane at six feet tall. He's got little dog mentality, right? Or, oh, or yeah, big like dog. Bull, bulldog mentality. Yeah. But what a game yesterday. Yeah, and and it, it seems like the, 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 the common theme for the Raptors games these days is keep it close and then at the end pull away. And I was actually surprised to see that they would pull away against Lakers. I thought it was going to go to the wire. But it was over by the two-minute mark. Yeah, that's called championship pedigree. Just keep it close, pull away at the end. Yeah. Have the confidence to do that. Definitely what the Raptors are now. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. If you look at the Lakers' makeup, 
It's like LeBron did his job, and well, and he actually wasn't even that good. But he, when you watched him play, you could tell that he he played hard. He set the tone for the Lakers. It's just the other guys weren't keeping up. And let's give it up to the sixth man on the on, on the Toronto Raptors, <laughs> Danny Green. <laughs> We're playing three D chess here. I, I guarantee you, we we gave Danny Green a little contract on the side. I think he's what oh for what? I think he's all for like eleven in the. F- two games he's played with us <laughs> yeah. um he's like 0 for 5 he's like from the feet like he's just he's just zeroing it up and everyone says that when he plays former teams he just shits it up he did the same thing with in toronto yeah, when he with faces the spurs, spurs that's right well he did admit that he was having a lot of conversations with a jury in the bubble so <laughs> i'm sure it's not all just about when to get the championship ring <laughs> that's right uh and yeah i don't know man i watched that game and i just gonna be more proud of the raptors they look like they're locked in and it's one of the things that I said leading up to the start of these first you know eight games of the season or final eight games of the season sorry was that you're seeing you're hearing a lot of noise like when we talk about the Clippers you're t- you know guys leaving the bubble and things like that the Raptors have been locked in nothing but good things from you know entering wherever they were uh, for training on the golf course hint hint Terrence Davis <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But even he looked like he's at least learning because there was a clip of him during the uh, post, uh, you know, the press conference and he had his mask below his his mouth, which is not, a you know, obviously not proper way to wear it. But somebody in the back was like, hey, man, pull up your mask. And he actually did. So at least he's listening. He's a young guy. Hopefully he learns from the situation. But I mean, if, if, if the worst controversy coming out of the Raptors is our what is he? Eighth, ninth guy, or tenth man on the roster. <laughs> That's not too bad in my tenth opinion. man award. Tenth man of the year goes to Terrence Davis, but you must put that mask up to get it. Uh, one thing I want to point out: uh, OG Ananobi. Uh, he defended LeBron oh, yeah. like perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, he had he had hints of Kawhi Leonard level defense. Yeah, um, he, and he also dropped twenty three points, four rebounds, one assist, and two steals, shooting 89 percent from the field, a hundred percent from threes, three. which right. is three for three. Um, he was a plus 27. He was tied for the highest along with Pascal Siakam for guys that were positive on the court. So big ups to OG. I know you were saying this last week, Joe, uh, that OG is uh, quite the uh, underrated player um, on the Raptors. And he's he's definitely a difference maker. Um, I can only imagine. Um, well, you, you got to remember, OG is the best defensive player on the best defensive team. In most cases, that's Defensive Player of the Year. Now, he probably won't win it this year, you know, over guys like Gobert or Giannis. But there's a strong case for him when when you take things all into consideration. The thing is about OG, and and, and to your point, is he won't get that award because what he does, there's no stats really for, Mm -hmm. other than perhaps opponent field goal percentage. Mm -hmm. Um, Two steals is not telling of what he did to LeBron in that fourth quarter. Um, Really tired him out. Uh, It was youth against just veteran here. And um, OG has, you know, again, defensive pedigree. Um, the whole entire team has defensive pedigree. So it's always helpful when your team has defense um, and, and, and and you're able to, you know, blossom in your defensive roles. Well, he's a monster too. You see While his, still playing offense. While yeah. still, yeah. So that's the most impressive part. Now, obviously, he's not going to be averaging 100% from threes throughout the season uh, or, or in he's the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so this is probably in terms of offensive performance. Uh, it was probably an overachievement for him, but it, it's it's very nice to know that we can rely on him because um, it's something we lacked last year from guys like Danny Green who didn't really show up in the playoffs. Uh, you know, if, if OG can get us two, three threes a game in the playoffs, that'll be more than enough. Well, you know, like when we started the season too, 
um, our success was actually um, it was actually dependent on OG being able to step up to the next level. And I think he's actually he's definitely done that this year, right? I know he's had a lot of bad luck last year with the the health health issues that happened, but uh, this year he's doing uh, he's doing a lot better. So I'm pretty proud of him, and I think he's going to be definitely our X factor going into the playoffs. For sure. When when you think about the fact that he has to fill in the shoes of Kawhi Leonard, he's done an impeccable job. Well, the funny thing is too is two seasons ago. OG was killing it, and we're like, OG's going to be the next one to be propelled. But because of the health issues, like you're saying, Kern, um, Pascal ended up propelling himself. And now we got these two guys, and now we're seeing again from OG that uh, he's propelling himself. And, and Pascal's been a little quiet, and I want to get into that in the next topic I want to talk about. But not really at the same time. What I will say about Pascal is I worry about him against the superstars of the league. The LeBron James, the Kawhi Leonard's. When those guys come to play, it almost seems like Pascal gets a little sheepish. He doesn't have the same confidence, the same swagger. Even last night, I'm not even sure how his stats were, but he couldn't have scored more than, what, 15 points, something like that? So Pascal got 15 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. He shot 30, 29% from the field, which is not great, and 50% from 3. He was also a plus 27, though, so very positive on the court. No, for sure. His net rating is always going to be, especially you know when we win by, what, 12 11 points but i think the main thing is he he should be our number one option he should be we we can't and i know lowry's playing out of his mind but we can't rely on a 34 year old lowry to be and like obviously he's our leader but he can't be our first option it has to be pascal uh, and that's the only thing that worries me uh, moving forward into the playoffs is i can't expect lowry to put up 30 points a game uh, the entire playoffs. I can't expect OG to hit perfect from the three. We need a little bit more support from Siakam. Um, I think he'll get there, but again, it does worry me when he goes against guys like Giannis. He goes against LeBron. I, I have no problems with you know. I have no worries when he goes and we face Orlando or something like that. But um, it's just when the big opportunities come, can he rise up to that challenge? Yeah, I'm pretty worried actually about Siakam going into the playoffs. Um, as much as I love Siakam, I remember last year. Uh, all the defense was centered on Kawhi, right? And he's untested at this point in the in the playoffs as a first option where all the defense is going to collapse on you, right? We don't know what's going to happen so far, right? Regular season is one thing. The playoffs is another thing. So time will tell. We'll see how he does in the playoffs. But uh, I can definitely see him struggling against superstar players. But uh, time Especially will tell with playoff-level defense. Yeah. When, when, you know, when, when these guys start to clamp down, it's going to be a different ballgame from the season. But I think Raptors will have to rely on their depth to get through this. Yeah. And I think they have a ton of depth. And uh, perhaps the Raptors strategy will just be a concerted team effort, right? We have a lot of good players who have stepped up this year. Like we talked about OG, Norman Powell stepped up big time this year. Yeah. Yes. And he's definitely reached a new level. And he's been someone who's peaked for like quite some time too, right? Until I feel like this season where he's finally reaching that next level. He's developing the confidence. Um, that we haven't seen from him before, right? He's developing more of a consistency that we haven't seen before either. Well, a lot of people say that the other teams that we face may have the top two players in the game, but then the next seven guys are on the Raptors. So you're right. Our depth is going to be the key, the absolute key uh, to making it far in the playoffs yeah. and, uh, and repeating as champions, um, yeah. which I think we absolutely can do. I have no worries that we can beat most teams except for you know Milwaukee, Lakers, and Clippers. Those are the three teams that worry me. Otherwise, I have no doubts that we can get past whoever. Boston. Oh, my God. We'll oh, talk yeah. about Boston in a second. 
Oh my goodness. Well, we were going to get right into that with Jason Tatum and all of that good stuff. Uh, but going back to the Raptors, those are the three teams that scare me. Now, do you guys agree with this? you think there are other teams that you're worried about? For the Raptors specifically, um, I would say that it, the Celtics is up to debate, I think. I don't think so. We'll, we'll get into that. but Yeah. Based on all the previous games I've seen with that, but yeah, um, I think those are the same. Uh, uh, those are the same teams, right? The Clippers, obviously. I mean, I don't think the Raptors beat the Clippers, and from what I remember this season, is the Clippers pretty much dominated the Raptors in all the games. But the Raptors did take out Kawhi, which was a positive sign. Yeah. In the previous games, yeah. I think. Um, well, Nick Nurse got the blueprint yeah. on Kawhi as, as yeah. well as Giannis because yeah. he made the he, he saw he witnessed it for eighty two games That's or right. whatever yeah. how many games he played. That's so right. um, you can very easily draw plans. Yeah, uh, I think uh, the Lakers for sure. You always have to fear. You always have to fear LeBron's team, no matter what. Yeah, LeBron is a different beast in the playoffs. Yeah. We well, always forget that. I still that. personally believe LeBron is the best player in the league. Yeah, he may not be the MVP for the season, but I still think he's the best player in the league in terms of when you put everything together: IQ, physicality, athleticism, all that stuff, skill-wise. Definitely. And now we're seeing him pull up threes like nothing. It's ridiculous. Uh, and at 35 years of age, man, what a what a guy, man, what a beast. But how how about you, Mark? Who do you got in terms of who are the top challenges in the league right now to the Raptors? Just the Milwaukee Bucks. That's it. There's nobody else. Only because of the defensive pedigree. Well, I mean, uh, the West included though. Uh, Clippers and the Lakers. No. No. Okay. I think Le- Lebronto is over. Um, oh, again, we got guys like OG. Um, I'm not. I don't want to take anything away. I want to. I'll go slightly back into the Pascal conversation. You got to realize with Pascal that he was the second, arguably third option last year. He's become, he's trying to become the first option. Obviously, Lowry's sort of taking the back step with uh, his age getting up there. Um, it's going to take him a little time. And unfortunately, um, in the league nowadays, we expect players to become instant superstars. And it's not fair as they're still young and they're still developing. So Pascal has a little work to do, definitely in that area. Whether or not he gets there, it's just a matter of time. I don't know if he will or he won't. He's had struggles this season, definitely. But he's another guy that we can depend on. Just like in Game 1 of that Golden State series, where he just completely dominated and won us that game just because of his excellent shooting. Um, it, he, he's shown glimpses of it. So we got guys like OG that can guard LeBron. I'm sure Pascal Siakam could guard LeBron if, if, if he was asked to do it in, in a very serious setting. Um uh, Serge could probably do it. Norman was doing it for a little bit. He was struggling, but he, like again, the team defense was there. So I'm gonna say Lakers no. Clippers definitely yes. A team like Denver, I could maybe see it. And OKC, OKC is really the underhanded team. Um, OKC reminds me a lot of the Raptors. To yeah, be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're a team that has really good chemistry. They everyone knows the role yeah. on, on that team. And Chris Paul is our it's their Lowry, right? Ex- exactly. And yeah. arguably a better Lowry. Arguably. That's there's no arguments there, especially if you take career wise. Yeah. Uh, absolutely he's on that level right so I think teams like that are posed more threat obviously Clippers do because the Clippers are super deep and they got Kawhi and PG makes it really unfair uh, but I'm gonna just talk about the East because I think once you get to the finals the whole game changes everything goes out the window um, so I'm gonna say Milwaukee because of their defensive pedigree and this is a they're as strong as we are defensively and it's really gonna be a battle of the defenses when when these two teams meet in the playoffs um, I do not think Boston is even in our realm, so I'm not going to say more to that. Yeah, I think Milwaukee wants it bad, right? 
And yeah. well, they I, need it because yeah. if, if they don't win, Giannis might leave because next yeah. year you got Kyrie Irving and KD coming back. Especially if they lose to the Raptors. If they lose to the Two Raptors, Giannis is gone. Yeah, because yeah, first and foremost, the Raptors are probably in his top three list, and this is this is conjecture because we we none of us know. Well, Masai and him are thinking. friends. Masai helped his family. But, Giants of Africa, like it's a lot of. You ties, gotta right? think that the Raptors are in their top three, especially for a guy like Giannis who doesn't really have ties to the states. So he, there's there's yeah. no reason for him to kind of say, "Oh, I don't want to play in Canada." Yeah. So for me, yeah, if you lose to the Raptors, a team that you potentially could join. Why would you stay with Milwaukee? And Milwaukee of all teams, like that's that's not a great city to live in. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but going back to uh, Pascal, the one thing I just wanted to touch on because uh, you were saying that um, you know you're not too worried. I feel like the one thing we haven't seen from Siakam is when the times get tough, when we're tied or we're down three or we're down four. Can depend on. Can you. we depend on this guy to, to get that you know get us back in the game? Because I know Lowry, we can for sure. Um, and even guys like Serge has showed glimpses of being able to get that timely block and, and all that stuff. It seems like Pascal's good when the times are good. The thing about Lowry is, remember, like he's put up some last-minute playoff shots that haven't gone in. So he's experienced the failures of that. And mm-hmm. I think Siakam has got to experience a little bit of the failures in order to succeed. Now you see how much we can depend on Kyle Lowry. If we're going to make a big shot, I'm thinking Kyle Lowry before Pascal Siakam. For because, sure. Because... Kyle Lowry has experience, not only failing, but succeeding in, in, in doing those kind of things, right? And he's become Mr. Fourth Quarter. He's looking like Dame Lillard out there yeah. in the fourth quarter. So um, I think... I think, But even a guy like Van Vliet, I would say, has way more... Yeah, um, I would put Van Vliet over you know, you know what Pascal. I mean? Like, yeah. he, he's a guy that could take a last-minute shot or yeah. a last-second shot. Yeah. Uh, whereas Pascal, I don't know, man. I really don't know. Unless he gets to the line, I, I don't see him hitting those timely twos or threes. Yeah. Um, so that's the one thing, you know, my one knock on him, especially, you know, considering he's supposed to be our number one option and the leader of this team moving forward in the future. Yeah. Well, he had a great start. It just, he slowed down. The guy started, well, he became first option, like you said. Mm-hmm. And then team said, well, we got to play defense on first option like you normally do. And then right. now it's just about, it's the adjustment period, I guess, is uh, yeah. Yeah. what he's got to, what he's got to focus on. I think he needs uh, an entire playoffs under his belt where he's the number one option and the defense is going to go primarily on him. Yeah. Um, I hope we can figure it out in the playoffs during this playoff run because uh, this playoff run, of course, is pretty important, right? Especially that we're going to hit free agency and there's a lot of uncertainties in the year, especially surrounding the Raptors. So yeah. we'll see. Now, all of that said, the Raptors won yesterday. They won in, in, in I would say, pretty you know fantastic. Their defense looked great. The offense looked really good. Um, it was a, probably a pretty sloppy offensive game for both teams to start. But by the end of it, we were hitting, like, Kyle Lowry just lit it up in the second half. Completely yeah. just took over. Hit threes after threes after three. Um, then we hit some good threes in the second half. Really good showing in the second half. But the one thing that I really love from the Raptors is the defense throughout the entire game. Top notch. And the Lakers, don't get me wrong, we're playing really good defense as well. But... They fell apart at times, so they would play amazing defense. They'd come back to within two points at the end of the third, and they completely blowed in the fourth. And this is what my Griff has been with them, you know, this whole season. Is the fourth quarter is like everyone gives up. Kyle Kuzma's talking trash. Dwight Howard's talking trash. Um, JaVale McGee's been quiet. Uh, LeBron's the only one succeeding. If if you look at the uh, top. At the top three points, rebounds, and assists. It's all LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. And, right? and that's one of the knocks of Anthony Davis is that a lot of people don't believe that he's a fourth well, quarter player. And someone said this. During the game, what, AD, what are you doing on the perimeter? 
Like, get in there and do something. He oh, didn't score. He, did, he, hit, he hit one three, I think. He hit one three, but like <laughs> he was one for three. He was 28% from the field, which is definitely due to our inside presence. You know, he scored six points. Sorry, 14 points, which is not bad. Six rebounds, three assists, a steal, and three blocks, two turnovers, which isn't bad. Um, but you're not going to do much damage from the perimeter. Uh, you definitely need to help LeBron. Like, where? what happened there? Like... It was just poor, like, it was just lack of judgment. And, and this goes back to whether AD is a top five player or not. Like, just, I know this is one game, but... Um, I think the thing with the Lakers is they're good enough to get you a, you know, 15-point lead and then win the game. Yeah. So when that, like, they're like, you know, like I was talking about Siakam, when the times are good, they're good, man. Yeah. But when times right. are bad, you can't depend on That's them. right. Can yeah. you depend on these guys? Yeah. So like LeBron James can't do it on his own, especially at 35 years of age. No. And especially if he's been killing it for the first three quarters. Yeah. And <laughs> Anthony, yeah. And Anthony Davis showed up against the Clippers in the Battle of LA. Um, he, he was 34 points. Um, and LeBron, I think, dropped about 31 points. So th- again, that's another telling tale that you're, right. you're putting mileage on LeBron. Uh, you know, to be jumping up and, you know, laying up or dunking, you know, most of the time. And then mm-hmm. you got to show up to every game. You're a lot younger. You were brought in here to win. You were traded for three first-round draft picks um, plus a bunch of young players that, you know, potentially could... Not that Lonzo's doing very well right now. Anyway, he's struggling. Oh, trash. And, 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 and even Zion is just... Oh, my God. People are exploiting his lack of defensive efforts as well. well he, right? Remember, he's also only playing like 15 minutes a game. Yeah, he is. But he's minus like 15, minus 16 in yeah, that time. It was a very weird stat because I think he was like 6 for 7 or something like that from and field te- goal. Technically, he's at the beginning of his rookie season though, right? Like he doesn't really have that too many games under his belt. So it's... Well, it's, a, to say. it's a joke too because they'll say he's rookie of the year, but it's like, are you guys like yeah. sleeping or something? Well, I I, you're, I agree with you in that sense, current. But like I said, it's just a weird stat to see when you're six for seven, but you're minus sixteen because you're still getting your numbers. Yeah, no one's yeah, saying that's that, true. you know you're not no one's saying anything about his stats, but it's just you're not contributing to the win or, or lack thereof. But um, actually, there was something else I wanted to say about this whole the LeBron James and the Lakers. If you look at the LeBron James's previous teams, yeah. like there's there's always been a difference, right? So Cleveland Cavaliers, I think that their success was rooted in the fact Cleveland one or Cleveland two, Cleveland two. So I think their success was Cleveland rooted. Cleveland one was trash, guys. Let's let's forget about yeah. that team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they had they surrounded a lot of three point shooters around LeBron, yes. right? And that was a successful equation, as we've seen, right, mm-hmm. with all his finals appearances, even with the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? Now, coming to the Lakers is not exactly like that, right? You have another superstar player there, which is great, but um, he doesn't have the same he doesn't have the same kind of players around him, right? So it's diff- a little bit different. I remember they used to destroy the other teams with just three point shooting. They were taking like the most three pointers in but, the game. So, but look at who they have. They're getting bottom of the barrel guys. Jared Smith hasn't played in three, two years, three years. Deion Waiters has basically been suspended from the Miami Heat for the majority of his career. He, he's been playing pretty well though. I gotta yeah. say, yeah. Uh, the Waiters for the Lakers. But you can't. You, you can't depend on you it. can't depend on those guys. Danny Green is basically agent zero for the other team. He basically mm-hmm. signed a big contract and is make, just making the Lakers lose. Danny Green should have been that guy for them. I'll, I'll say that. There's well, no he got way paid. Of, there's there's no way of knowing that Danny Green was going to be this awful because he played well last season. For he us. killed it. 
But yeah. he's one of the worst three-point shooters based off a minimum season, shot yeah. this season yeah. with Jimmy Butler, who's also not... For sure. That's just something you know, that didn't pan out. So I'm, I'm not going to fault the Lakers for trying to get Danny Green. But you're right in terms of getting J.R. Smith, getting Dion Waiters. These are guys that are like has-beens yeah. from other teams. Like, you got the bottom of the barrel. Like, what do you expect to happen at this? Like, I don't understand. No one wants to play with him or they can't get people because contracts are just too heavy. I'm surprised they didn't go for Redick. That's what, yeah, that's yeah. a great point. And Reddick's been underutilized in New Orleans, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. This is a guy who's made playoffs I, I think every, every year, except, year, for, this except year. for this year. Yeah. yeah. Very possibly not going to make it this year. That's right. And there's a whole meme about him realizing he's that. not going to make it. Very disappointing. One last thing I just want to touch about uh, with the Lakers and the Raptors Kyle Kuzma, man. Why is this guy trying to look like Kobe out there? It's insane. It's insane the kind of shots he took last night and i'm watching him and like you said he's trash talking and this and that buddy you don't see lebron trash talking out there he wants to win the game first and then you trash talk you should be so happy that your ass wasn't involved in that trade to new orleans not mm. to say that new orleans would have been bad, good or worse for you but the fact that you're playing with lebron means that you have a chance to win a ring you know, be humble by that fact. And I just don't see it. I see him, his attitude getting worse. I see shot selection, like you're saying, getting worse. I don't see it. And I, these are the guys that are going to bring LeBron down by the chain. He like, went for terrible. a couple of, like, running Kawhi-type fades. Buddy, you're not Kawhi. You're not, you're Kawhi. not even close to Kawhi yet. No. Um, not saying you're a bad player, but you're still developing. Use Have that developing mindset. You look at all the rookies on the Raptors. They're working hard to develop themselves. You look at guys like Chris Boucher, even Terrence Davis. You look at guys like Norm Powell. They're all trying to get better. And it seems like you feel that you're at the peak of your game. So if this is the peak of your game, you're going to have issues moving forward. Well, your ass might get traded. <laughs> traded for some draft picks. I would do it. Like, just get rid of this guy. So, going to be a Follow the LeBron. Fun, uh, fun hypothetical question. If the LeBron underachieves this season or the Lakers, what does LeBron do next year? Stay with the Lakers. But AD is a free agent, so where does AD? I think the question should be, if AD leaves, then what happens? Well, I don't think AD should leave. But he's a free agent, right? Uh, yeah, you're right. He is a free because he signed a one-year contract. So if AD doesn't like it, there, LeBron's locked. So LeBron has no choice. You're not gonna ask for a trade. I understand. That. Ask for a trade. I I understand that, but he's not going to because he's in LA for external reasons, mm -hmm. business. Uh, school for first kids, etc. So he's a businessman now. Right? That's true, but you got to think at this point in LeBron's career. He's got a ring chase. if he Because he's already made it a point that he's one of the best players of this generation. Now he's trying to make it a point that he's as good as, uh, you know, Jordan and Kareem and those guys. How does he do that? The only way is to win championships at this point of the game. He's got all the accolades. Four MVPs, three finals MVPs. He's got all the accolades. At this point, he needs a championship. So if I'm in that mindset, especially at the tail end of my career... And I'm LeBron James, and I'm a guy who wants to cement myself in that top three range of all time. Only way to do that is to win championships. I, I do understand that his kids are in LA and all that stuff, that personal factor, but I still think there's a competitive drive there to want to be the best, especially in the history books. Yeah, it's hard to say, right? Like, uh... Yeah, it's, it's, it's too gray an area to answer that kind of, what does LeBron do? I don't know what LeBron does. I think he stays in LA. Or what do you think he should do? Again, that I think that's a factor that whether AD stays or not. Because if AD leaves, you mm -hmm. got to leave. There's nothing for you there anymore. Right. But if AD stays, I mean, you still have a chance. You always have a chance with AD. Yeah, well, when you have two of the top six, seven players in the league. and one Two team, top ten players. Yeah. Essentially. Okay. 
a hypothetical scenario in that if AD stays, right, what's better for him to do? Stay with the Lakers, in which case they'll be still competing for a championship? Or do you think his chances will improve going to another team? And then there's also the question of like which team he would go to where he would even have a better chance to win a championship than with the Lakers, right? So it's hard. It's uh, You don't really know. I could see AD going to a team like Golden State. And then completely propelling them, just doing a a whole KD move and just, you know, making them instant finals contenders, right? Like, it depends what AD's agenda is. And AD's agenda is the most important agenda because he could totally say screw you to the Lakers and leave if he doesn't like what he sees, right? Like, Fair enough. But if I'm a team as well, I'm looking at AD and thinking, hey, can I win with this guy? For sure. You know, looking at AD, he doesn't seem particularly committed to the Lakers, right? He hasn't really said anything no. that makes him, like, committed to the Lakers, right? And I think uh, for him, winning is important, right? And uh, I don't think, like, being in L.A. is as important for him I as agree. he once thought. All right. So, anyways, enough Raptor-Lakers talk. Um, hell, of a, hell of a game. Great way to start the season off, or, or the restart of the season, uh, mind you. And... and we talked about the fact that the Raptors have the hardest schedule in the league. I kind of think that's a good thing now that I'm looking looking at it because we're preparing ourselves for the playoffs and we're looking like contenders, especially after yesterday's uh, performance. Ridiculous. Now, a topic I do want to talk about, the Boston Celtics. Very contentious amongst this circle of people at this table right now. So, Kern, you said... You feel that the Boston Celtics are on par with the Raptors? They're going to give us some trouble? Yeah, so I think that... Okay, first of all, basing it on previous games, right? Like, Raptors haven't had too much success against the Celtics. If I think, if I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, I think we split the series with them, or we won one game. I don't know. I think Boston is always a threat. I think the players on Boston, um, uh, I mean, they're really good players, right? And uh, I think anything can happen in the playoffs, especially facing them. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, they're pretty. I, I think they're a pretty stacked team as well, and I think we can't uh, underestimate them. Definitely not underestimating them, but uh, in a seven-game series, in a seven-game set, they will not beat us. In a one-game season series, sure, we tied. We definitely tied with them. Uh, I don't think that's bad for the Raptors for, for, per se as their champions. I don't think it's necessarily bad for Boston. That's a little bit of confidence, but you haven't completely dominated us either. Um, they definitely play a different. They play offensively. They play a similar style to Toronto, in my opinion. Um, but I don't think their defense is on that level that we are. Like we lock you guys in for even four or five games in a row. I think we figure you guys out real fast, real easy. Because what do you guys have? Kemba Walker, who's been on a losing Charlotte team. No knock on Kemba Walker. is a great player. But Kyle Lowry going to have your number. You guys are more or less the same height. Um, Kyle Lowry can guard. Kyle Lowry is by far the better of the two. Yeah. Not, maybe not talent-wise. Because like, Kemba's a very talented yeah. player. But when you take into consideration his leadership, his ability to knock down tough shots. Um, and then you, you throw in his defense. Yeah. Oh, it's a no-brainer. Like, I would for sure rather have Lowry than I I would Kemba. And that's no knock on Kemba. He's a great player. But again, he was a great player on Charlotte. And he's a a good player on on Boston. Uh, But I think the times of him being, like, a superstar, like, that thought is gone for me, personally. Uh, But going back to the Boston Celtics, my issue with the Boston Celtics, and it's not that, and it's not fair to them, because obviously they're not part of the media, but 
The media keeps touting Boston as this juggernaut, always putting them ahead of the Raptors, and I just don't buy it for a second. The comparisons with Jason Tatum and Siakam, I hope that's squash right now because we saw what he did in his first game back uh, from the break. Yeah, so you know what? Okay, just uh, I, I think that Boston is a threat, but at the same time, I have to 100% agree with you. I hate how the media touts them. It, it, not just this year. Every year every this happens, year, right? Every year. Like last year too, right? Like uh, at Boston, I remember like uh, they I were think, facing Milwaukee, right? Yeah. Luckily, like Milwaukee shut them down and put them in their place. But yeah. then again, it starts again this year, right? Yeah. It's the same. I think the whole NBA wants Boston to succeed. It's based on their history. And I think that's where they get a lot of recognition from the media. But uh, definitely, I think they're a threat. But at the end of the day, I also believe the Raptors will beat them as well. Well, my question with Boston is who's going to lead them? Who's the experienced guy on that team that's going to lead them into the championship? Don't get me wrong. They got a lot of good young talent. Jason Tatum is not a bad player. He's a good player. Jalen Brown's a good player. Kemba Walker is a good player, but where's their Lowry? Where's their X Factor? Where's the guy that's going to take that tough shot and round these guys and get them in the right mentality? Because if it's not Kyle Lowry for us, we still got guys like Serge. We got guys like Marc Gasol who have that veteran attitude and the, the ability to own that mindset of that team. And by the way, I got to give a big ups to Serge this year. I don't know what he's doing, but I think after he won that championship, it's really validated his career. And now he's got that mentality. And you can see it in the Raptors. And you could see it through, you know, 1 through 10. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, I think the difference is we've experienced success before, right? Nothing can take... I mean, no one can take that away from us now, right? And it shows in the way the Raptors play. It shows in the way they carry themselves throughout this entire season. And we've experienced the lowest of lows. We've experienced seven-game knockouts to, you know, Washington Wizards. Last-second shot by Paul Pierce. You know what I mean? Like, we've experienced the lows of the lows. And I think the other thing about Boston that people don't really talk about is uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. um, They're both good players, but... They're young. When one doesn't do well... The other does, and when and sort of vice oh, versa. Oh, that's the other thing too. Yeah, they have never really done well. I'm I'm sure there are stats to disprove what I'm gonna say here, but again, that's just more uh, incidental, coincidental, like where they do do well together. Exception rather than the rule. Exactly, um, but I think for the most part, when Jason Tatum's struggling, Jalen Brown does well, and when Jalen Brown doesn't get opportunities, Jason Tatum does well. So that that pulls. Um, a lot of like what your team's able to accomplish as well because you're not a cohesive unit as cohesive mm-hmm. um, as you could be and then Kemba you throw it in there as just like your point guard so yeah let me ask you guys a question right so where do you guys think Jason Tatum really stands now right because we see all these differing opinions about him right some people say oh he's re superstar level although he didn't really demonstrate it for a very long period of time right so where does Jason Tatum stand in all of this right is he a player who could possibly lead the Boston Celtics through the playoffs or what do you guys think well, here's what I'll say. I don't think even Siakam's going to be a superstar just yet. Like, I haven't seen anything that tells me that he... And I think he's better than Tatum, to be quite honest. So, for me, I don't think Tatum's even... Because a lot of people are saying, oh, this guy's a future top 10 player. I haven't seen it. I think he's a good player, don't get me wrong. I think he's easily going to be a number two option on a team. Or even a number one option on a uh, playoff contender, but not a championship contender team. Uh, so that's where I stand with him. I think he's a great player. He's still young, um, but I, I haven't seen anything that tells me he's going to be the next Kobe or, or whatever these guys want to tout him as. It's it's ridiculous to think that that's you know what people think he's going to be. 
Yeah. Um, I don't put him over Siakam. That's for sure. Right? So I can't say he's a superstar. I can't say he's ready for anything. I haven't seen anything to prove that point, uh, that he's ready for anything. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I think what he did last year and what he's doing this year is more or less the same. Um, I don't see any progression sort of in that in in the last two years. Whereas with Siakam, obviously becoming the number one uh, option or quote unquote number one option, there's a little more pressure on him. So he's declined a little bit, but still his presence is still there. While Jason Tatum's sort of got that free ride where I can depend on Jalen Brown on my right. Oh, and I got Kemba Walker on my left, so I'm okay. Yeah, like not if to I, say the Siakam can, if, but if if I had to make a guess based off what we know right now, I would say he'd be somewhere between like a prime Rudy Gay and Paul George. Somewhere in between. Not quite as good as Paul George. Maybe a little bit better than a prime Rudy Gay. Uh, but somewhere in between there. Yeah. Um, I think Luka Doncic is like completely... That's a guy that's yeah. going to be a superstar one yeah. day. You know, Even a guy like Trey Young is a guy that I could for sure see which, being a superstar one day. Which a lot of people are saying that he's overrated. Overrated, maybe in the sense that he's not winning games, but and that's been what that, he's been able to do, man. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, his is an interesting story because I was reading, um, uh, not to not to go too far off the Jason Tatum path that we're speaking of, but people were talking about whether you know who is overrated in the league, and the, the consensus seemed to be that Trey Young was the most overrated player because of I guess as much love as he gets but uh, not really seeing that in the wins loss columns for the Atlanta Hawks who are going to get a first round you know a high first round pick this year it it depends how you want to rate him right because he's almost like that Anthony Davis territory where you're like well you know you're not impacting the team so if we're going to say Anthony Davis is overrated then yeah sure you could say Trey Young's overrated but no one's going to say that these guys aren't in terms of skill level they're not some of the best players in the league in terms of skill Um, but Going uh, going back to Jason Tatum, what are your thoughts on him, Karen? Yeah, so I definitely think he's overhyped now at this point. I think he's had maybe like one or two good months. I mean, okay, overall, he's a really good player, right? He's shown that through the previous years. But I think that he's had one or two really good months, and all of a sudden, they're already labeling him as a superstar, which I think is absolutely incorrect, right? I was like, you need to go to the playoffs. You need to show yourself. You need to elevate your team and, and you need to win people forget that pascal went through a similar run in the beginning of the season no one's saying that he was going to be a crazy superstar yeah. and and that's fair you shouldn't because he hasn't really shown it yet same thing with tatum yeah and yeah. what's getting lost in all of this is jalen brown's having a really good season as well yeah and he always is the backseat driver in yeah. this jason tatum thing and i like jalen brown uh, I think his free throw is his only real hole, mm-hmm. but everything else is perfect. This guy has great mm-hmm. driving abilities. He has great inside game. He can shoot the three. He can shoot the mid range. He plays defensively. Per- plays defense perfectly. Uh, but he's always back talk to Jason Tatum. That's which right. It's really sad. It it is sad to see. I but... hope Jalen Brown leaves. <laughs> well, it, by all accounts, they seem like they all have a good relationship. Yeah. I think in a couple of years, Boston's going to definitely be dangerous once they've gone through the ups and the highs and the lows. Yeah. You know, they lose a seven game series to the Raptors that's absolutely going to take them to the next level or any team for that matter I, I just got to big up the Raptors whenever I can but mm-hmm. I think that's what they need to go through yeah I think that'll be an awesome series though Raptors versus Celtics we oh. haven't seen that yet in the playoffs those right? are our new enemies welcome it yeah those okay. are I want to face them first. we need we need that we need that yeah I want to beat the I want I want to face them and I want the trash talking to start because man I hate I hate that. I just hate Boston. You know yeah. which team has kind of got lost in the shuffle who I thought was really going to be a contender this year was Miami. 
I thought they were going to be one of the toughest teams. To, like, if I were going to face teams in the playoffs in the East, yeah. I thought they would have been second to the Bucks. But I'm really not all that worried about them anymore. And I'm not sure what it is. Um, but I feel like they've kind of settled down. They fizzled out. They had a lot of hype um, during the season. In the beginning, they were really hot. They were just clamping down defensively. Um, but Jimmy Butler has been struggling with those fourth quarter shots. He's been really... Uh, um, not all there. He's the force, one of the worst three-point shooters on that team and in the league based off of minimum uh, shots taken. Um, Is that he, free throws or threes? Threes, threes. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, I think his free throws are okay. Okay. Um, he's been good otherwise to that, but to the guy that's really standing up to me is Bam um, Abade, Adebayo. Adebayo. Uh, he's been really like sticking out. A lot of people have him, him in the top 20, top 25 list. Top 15 if you're going by... I think it was NBA official list or Bleacher Report. One, one of, of those. those guys, yeah. Um, they did beat Denver uh, in the first, or the, uh, yes, uh, yesterday. Uh, they beat Denver 125-105, which is very impressive. Uh, Bam got 22 points. He led rebounds nine, and Jim Butler got assists with seven. Um, that was pretty impressive. Nikola Jokic just basically dominated that just on Denver. Seemed like Denver's struggles are it's whether it's wing players are going to show up to play or not. So uh, definitely a big win by Miami. Uh, the rest definitely did them well. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. They could still quietly become a threat again. They're definitely yeah. You're right. They're definitely going to be a dark horse in the team. But I had them as a legitimate like. I'm not too worried if I face them in the playoffs. Um, Remember Jimmy Butler was pretty deadly on Philadelphia. Uh, he was before he went out and then we ended he was. up losing him. Yeah. So. Uh, Jimmy Butler might have our number as well. But you got to remember too, that's also because we had to think about Joel Embiid, we had to think about Simmons, we had to think about Tobias Harris. Yeah, JJ Redick and friends and everybody. The problem, see the thing with that Philly team is any one of those players can go off because you constantly think about having to guard four really good players at minimum. That's true. At the minimum. And then they also got Josh Richardson who was killing it on Miami before he went to Philly. Yeah. And then, like you said, you got sharpshooters like... I think Josh Richardson is there this this year now, right? In Philly. Yeah, he's in Philly now. Yeah. But I was saying, I think he was averaging like 20 in Miami the previous year. Mm. Yeah, so he's another guy that could go off in any... So, yeah. on top of their four... Ma- and they got guys like Al Horford, right? Yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I still think they're going to fizzle out in the playoffs. I, I absolutely. Yeah, they yeah. just don't have the chemistry. It's not the right makeup. I no. can't see them going past the second round no, under well, any circumstances. Well, look at the, the Philly-Indiana game uh, that happened yesterday. Uh, uh, TJ Warren <laughs> went off for 53 points, and, and, and James Harden had gone off. TJ Warren. Who was he traded for? Money consideration. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Phoenix must be killing themselves right now. Well, TJ Warren was always a scorer. I think he averaged 20 when they traded him yeah, for money, too. Right? Phoenix. Don't get me wrong. He's, yeah. a, he's a pure scorer, and uh, he doesn't... I guess he took a lot of threes. He took nine threes, uh, 12 threes in this game, and he, he dropped nine of them, which is 75%. Uh, TJ Warren, 53 points, four rebounds, three assists, two blocks. Um, shot 69% from the field. And then you got Diplo... Uh, he played 32 minutes, who said he wasn't going to play 15, 7, and 2. Whereas Philadelphia, who actually only lost by 6, Joel Embiid put up 41 points, 21 rebounds, 3 blocks. Um, ben Simmons, 19 points, 13 rebounds, 4 assists. Tobias Harris, 30 points, 8 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block. 
Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid shot over 50%. It's just not there. It's not clicking. Philadelphia on paper is the most dangerous team. But in reality, they're one of the most... It looks like... Dis- like how? How do you average this and still lose to Indiana? Who I looked at the stats. I looked at all the stats on Indiana. And these two guys were the most... In terms of, 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 of I guess, statistical recording here. And, and they still lost. It's mind-boggling. Yeah. It's mind-boggling. It's the same reason, uh, you know, going back to Trey Young, you look at him and he gets a 50-point game and they lose, and you're like, what the heck just happened? Uh, but Philly does this on a night-by-night basis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless they're playing. what What's their uh, arena in Philly? Um, Anybody know? I forget the name. Yeah, Trinity Bell or something? Uh, anyways. Yeah. Unless they're playing in Philly, it seems like they just cannot get it together on the road and now in the bubble. Yeah. Mm. Well, they picked up exactly where they left off. And the weird thing, it's not like they're dysfunctional. It's not like you see a lot of arguments on their team or there's a lot of drama going on. By all accounts, Embiid and Simmons have generally spoken very well of each other. It's it's only the media that's kind of said, oh, you know, there might be a little tension tension between them. But I, I don't see it. I personally think they love being teammates together, but it's just not the right makeup. I think they need more three-point shooters first and foremost. Um, I think they're playing Ben Simmons at the forward now. Something like that. Which is a better move. Um, But but he still needs to learn to shoot threes. Yeah. I just don't... I think this whole makeup is is wrong. Period. I think, And I think it's Ben Simmons that kind of throws that whole thing off. I don't know why. I think it's because he's playing point guard. He's trying to play like a little man. He's got a little dog mentality mm-hmm. where he thinks he's a point guard. But he can, though. That's the He definitely can. Threes, he can handle He definitely can. But if you put him at the four, then you're playing with... And, and you got him on the perimeter who can't oh, shoot threes. Oh, I see threes, what you're saying. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's a little strange. You got Joel Embiid who's still getting 21 rebounds and you're still losing. So I think the makeup in general is just very odd. Well, the other thing, too, is they got a lot of ball-dominant players. They do, yeah. A lot of ISO-type scores. It's going to be tough to get them all... And I say that while they all did actually pretty well. (laughs) But collectively, like, you need to have the system in place. And I don't think they have it. What happens to Brett Brown after all of this? Um, That's an excellent question. He goes to the New York Knicks, maybe? New York Knicks is always an option. New York York Knicks is always an option. (laughs) (laughs) You're absolutely right. That's where you end up. That's where coaches... Uh, what the great guard? The great coach's great yeah. guard is. But the, the problem is there's no way to elevate back from New York Knicks, right? Like, no. you're not going to do something on the New York Knicks that's going to get you a better job somewhere else. No. Mike no. D'Antoni aside. Yeah. He's the only yeah. one who's been able to do that. Of course, he also is a two-time coach of the year. That too. That helps. People forget how good he can be. That helps. That definitely helps. We've talked about that before, but... Yeah. Anywho. So, Philly loses to Indiana, which is... Pretty embarrassing. I think Indiana has a better record now, if I am correct. Yep, 40-26 compared to 39-27. and 27. Okay. How sad is that? Yeah, I'm like looking at these stats for the first time. This is insane to put up that kind of numbers and still, still lose the game. That, that's a huge problem. That's like a it's, inherent it's a, problem. It's, in a, the it's, it's a red flag. Like you said, if Embiid's getting 41-21 and 21 and losing, yeah, something's not right. Yeah, like TJ wearing 53 points. Tobias Harris, 30 points, right? Everyone was doing exactly what they were supposed to do, if not more. And, they still and the won. team loses. Yeah. So it, and, and it's, it's kind of completely opposite. When you look at a team like Houston, uh, Houston faced Dallas. They beat, they beat Dallas in overtime. And you look at guys like R- Russell and James Harden, and they both put up big numbers. They win games. Yes. That's the difference. Yes. Um, they put up big numbers, and they still win. Russell got 31, 11, and 8. 
Uh, James Harden got 49, 9, and 8. Three steals, three blocks. That's a great point because we were talking about this last week too. Houston is a team that's a very easy makeup. They shoot. Yeah. And when their shots go in, they win. Yeah. And the only issue is it's hard to be consistent in a seven-game series, you know, shooting lights out like that. Yeah. Uh, But generally, they can do it. Philly will shoot lights out and lose. Yeah. And it's like, excuse me? What just happened here? Yeah. It's uh, it's extremely strange. Um, Yeah. Houston lives and dies by the sword. But Philadelphia just seems to just get the sharp end of the sword most Mm -hmm. of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, When when they're slaying, when they're trying to slay. So, uh, very odd now, a game I want to talk about that we actually... We, I know we talked about the Lakers, but I'm going to get right back into it. Lakers versus Clippers. One of, the, one of the biggest games that have happened so far at the start of this restart. What did you guys make of that game? Obviously, the Clippers didn't have Lou Will, Montrez. A, a lot of their key bench pieces were, were not playing. I, I don't know if Patrick Beverly was even playing. I believe he was. Was he? Okay. I uh, could be wrong, though. Oh, no, I he wasn't Reggie playing. Jackson he was wasn't playing. Reggie right? Jackson yeah. played, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they they were without a lot of key players and were able to keep it close. Yeah, so... Is this yeah? Is this as competitive as most people are making it out to be? No. No, definitely not. No. I think that... Uh, first of all, I don't think this is like an accurate depiction of what's actually going to happen once they have all their players back. Secondly, this was one of the first games in the bubble, right? So it's yep. hard to... It's hard to put any stock into this game, right? Like, it was a fun game to watch. It's just fun watching those two teams play. But I don't think we'll get the real test until we see all the players together. And we can see definitely what Clippers' max potential is. As well as the Lakers with uh, LeBron being his best. Now, asking you straight up, who is going to win that seven-game series if they were to be in the playoffs? I would go with the Clippers. Yeah, and do you have them by a large margin or do you still think it's going to be competitive? After, especially after what we saw in this first game. I think it's probably going to be like four and two. Six. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Six, Six games. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of time before they figure them out and it's over. Yeah. Because I've seen Lakers play and they're not incredibly, they're not a Rub- Rubik's Cube to figure out. Um, well, and, you're right. They just have the two big guys. That's it. Uh, and then even their game is inside and threes. Like... Whereas like Kawhi Leonard will ISO you, you guys will leave him ISO, which is why I saw in the game, and he'd do a fadeaway shot, and, and he's so comfortable with it. He's so aerodynamic, or not aerodynamic, but he's got a lot of control in the air, um, and, and they can slow the game down if they want to, and then they got the guys that could speed the game up, like PG-13 could speed the game up, but you got guys like Kawhi that can slow the game down, really take that momentum away from the Lakers. What I did see positive from the Lakers is when they got the momentum, they run with it. The problem with the Lakers is as soon as that momentum is gone, they just seem to be flustered. They don't seem to be really know where they should be. Besides LeBron, obviously. LeBron can work either way. Mm-hmm. Um, this battle of LA um, didn't tell us much, I think. Um, but again, again, it's one of the first games. Um, uh, I think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were a plus 12 in only 16 minutes against LeBron in AD. So obviously Doc Rivers is playing mind games. And, and that's what he does. He's just saving it for the playoffs. Um, they lost by two, but based off LeBron's awesome guarding of both PG and Kawhi. Oh my goodness, oh, yeah. that last that play, awesome dude. Yeah. Guarding K- uh, Kawhi, making him force the pass to Paul George, and then switching on to Paul George. Yeah. What a monster. Now, that's exactly what I was going to say. I tend to agree with your guys' opinion that I do believe that the Clippers are the deeper team and probably are the favorites, definitely the favorites going into the playoffs. I will say the one X factor is going to be playoff LeBron because we know that he turns it on in the playoffs. Uh, not to say that he was playing poorly in this game, 
but he's just a different animal in the playoffs. Uh, and if he can somehow gather that team to have that same mentality, which is going to be a big, big if, especially with a guy like Anthony Davis, who's never shown really that he can get to that level in the playoffs. It could be scary, man. It could be very scary. But at the same time, Kawhi also has another gear in the playoffs. Also has a crazy playoff gear. But if, 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 if LeBron's guarding Kawhi, man, I think he could definitely s- slow him down. Yeah, there's there's one more thing I want to say. Like Kawhi's playoff gear is like he goes to this next level, crazy offensive player, uh, crazy defense as well. But LeBron's next gear is not just his offense and defense. LeBron's next gear is also making his whole team better, right? I think LeBron has some few extra things in his extra gear that that's gonna definitely bring out the Lakers to their best. And I'm gonna counter both of your points that if we take this last minute of that first if, of this game. And we have to see that LeBron has to guard both Kawhi Leonard and PG-13. How long is he going to be able to do that? Because Kawhi Leonard and PG, I think LeBron has no trouble with. But Kawhi Leonard is a different animal altogether. If he's going to have to be the one to burn out and have to guard both these guys. I'm just saying as, a, as an example. Um, and that's just one game. And now you got to do that in the playoffs. I don't think he's going to be able to keep that up. Um, uh, with the depth, that's still awaiting Clippers to return. So I think what happens is... LeBron can definitely propel himself. LeBron can definitely propel the team, but he's going to burn out. I think he's just at that point. No, I was just going to say that uh, I think their goal in that situation should be to just keep the game close until the end. And LeBron really, I know that he may burn himself out, but he really just needs to burn himself out in like the last two minutes if the game remains close, right? Uh, But yeah, like you said, it's a pretty valid point. Now, I want to counter your point, Mark, and say, how good really is playoff P? Playoff who? Paul George. Oh, <laughs> uh, we don't know. He's untested. I don't think he's very great. I don't think he's really that good. Yeah. We saw him in OKC, and it was Westbrook that really was the go-to guy in you yeah. know in that fourth quarter of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't really know if he has that next gear like Kawhi or or LeBron. But he may uh, not need to because if his counterpartner is AD, who also we don't know what his gear is, then, I mean... Oh, for sure. I just I, I just meant to say that LeBron might not have to worry yeah. too much on having to guard both of those guys, because if I'm... If, if, if history tells us anything, Paul George isn't a guy that you have to take to that extra gear in the playoffs. Right. Maybe you do, though. Maybe with Kawhi, you do, because now he has the, you know, takes the stress off of him. He's able to play freely, so maybe you do. It's hard to tell. We're definitely gonna have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, but overall, I agree with you guys. I definitely do think the Clippers are the deeper team, uh, especially when you got a, a stellar coach in Doc Rivers. Let's not forget how important a role a coach plays. Mm-hmm. We see it with the Raptors, uh, how important Nick Nurse is t- to that system. Same thing with Doc Rivers and the Clippers. Um, you know, he he was able to go with deep run last year with no Paul George, no Kawhi. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Um, that said, give us the Clippers, give us the Lakers. Doesn't matter. We'll see you guys in the finals. We'll see you guys mm. in the finals, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, the Battle of LA was tied, the season series. Or oh. Lake, or it's either the Lakers won or it's tied. It's tied, I think. It's tied. I know the Lakers won their last matchup yeah. before the, the past game. And I think Clippers won the first two. First two, so, so yeah, it's probably two, two. Yeah, so that's fine. So who would you rather have the Raptors play in the finals, the Lakers, Lakers. or the Clippers? Lakers. Yeah, I, I don't want to face the Clippers. I don't want to face the Clippers. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think too the much problem risk. with the Clippers is they're as deep as us, and then they got Kawhi Leonard who, and Paul George. They yeah. probably got two of the best players on the floor if yeah. you put on our starting lineups, right? Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, definitely the Lakers. I think we could easily beat the Lakers with depth. Yeah, and with Danny Green. Yeah, <laughs> with, with our six man. Yeah. Although I gotta give, I just want to say, Danny Green, man, we love you, and I really respect everything. You know, everything, the way you've treated, you know, the championship ring while wanting to wait and have him in front of the crowd. I, I love Danny Green as a as a as a personal guy. You know, He's such a good dude. Um. Yeah, I uh, just want to say big up. Speaking of Danny Green, the Spurs have been doing really well. Um, they've really quietly been I think winning they're, games. Or have they been? I think they're 2-0. and I know they won one game against the Kings, which is not super impressive. Um, but uh, uh, DeRozan definitely came to play. 27 points, 10 assists. Um, so very impressive. I hope I hope they make playoffs. Now, that's the one playoffs. thing I was going to say, because I saw a Reddit post the other day saying that this is going to be the first season that the Spurs don't make playoffs. So I was like, is that... Guaranteed yet or not what? first ever, I think, but like first in the last twenty years. No, first, years. yeah, in the last twenty years. That's correct. Years. So they're for sure out of the playoffs? Or? No, 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 not yet. They yeah, still have opportunity. What, oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because the way the the post sounded, it sounded like they were already eliminated, but yeah. uh, I'm not sure. So Well they won their How about game. New Orleans? Are they eliminated? They must They've be. lost two games already, so it's not looking very good. Yeah. Uh they may already have been eliminated because they're already low on that totem pole, but uh, I think they were um done. So yeah, so San Antonio, uh, big ups to them. I really do hope they make the playoffs, but it'll be tough. There's another team that's also in contention that won their game as well, which is Portland with the return of Yusuf Nurkic. Um, he did really well. So basically Portland beat Memphis 140 to 135. So again, Memphis is another team that's also in the hunt to make playoffs. And Ja Morant is the one leading that team. I think Memphis is in the eighth spot, eighth spot right now. I believe so, unless they've already been knocked out. I haven't really looked at the standings because I know the first week of the bubble will be a little tricky. Uh, one thing I wanted to note was obviously McCollum went off, uh, but uh, Zach they got Zach Collins back. They had Yusuf Nurkic, like I said, and, and Whiteside sort of got shafted in this game. Uh, looking at the stats, uh, York, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, 18 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and 6 blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, very... Um, Impressive, 45 from the field. He took one three-pointer. Again, that's impressive. But Hassan Whiteside, seven, uh, 17 minutes, uh, seven points, four rebounds, two blocks, which is still not bad. But it looks like he's right back into his Miami role right now. So well, I think the thing with Nurkic, too, is he's always had trouble playing with other good forwards, right? We saw the same thing when he played with Jokic. Can you believe that they had Nurkic know, and Jokic just, at a point? Just saying that sounds weird. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, they had trouble playing together. Um, now we're seeing it with Whiteside. Um, well, we're not seeing it. it. Just I think, I think Whiteside wasn't working because they weren't in the playoffs yet. So you definitely had to make a a call um, on who you're gonna go with. You could definitely have them both together. But by by all accounts, Whiteside has had pretty decent season he's been an amazing season this year but they just haven't been winning again one of those guys that and it seems like that's a common theme in our podcast today is that guys that put up numbers but don't give results right but again you can't blame the portland season on on white side you can but then when you put yusuf nurkic and it's only been one game and you know he does well and they win it does say a lot too right um maybe not as much but i say you got to look at your, your top guys in Lillard you got to look at McCollum right these are the guys that are leading the team so if they win and lose it's it's those guys leading the charge um but anyways big shot by Mr. Carmelo Anthony little resurgence in his career completely forgot about him yeah skinny mellow huge three third what what was it um 30 seconds uh left yeah hits a huge three gives them a two-point lead yeah um good shot 
I think he had a defensive play right before that too. Uh, so Skinny Mello seems to be really, uh, really coming out because he hit two key threes in the last 90 seconds of the fourth quarter to, to put them over. Um, and what so, I love about Carmelo so far uh, this season with Portland is no controversy. No locker room talk. By all accounts, no everybody negativity. loves him. Yeah. Um, he's portrayed himself really well in his interviews and all that stuff. Really good to see that he's really shedding what what the media was saying about him last year. Shedding all of that away. He's not letting it lose focus from what the ultimate goal is, and that's to make playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely his old experience has humbled him up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, He's just, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine, uh, I mean, he knows, right? Like, if he causes more trouble, there's no way he's going to be able to get another another position in the NBA after this, right? So this is kind of like his last shot, too. Right. Especially, yeah, coming from the draft class that, you know, we've seen Chris, he's gosh, Chris Chris Bosh is gone. Dwayne Wade is gone. There's slow, this is slowly, we're going to see Carmelo leave and then eventually LeBron and that's the end of that draft class so we're seeing the retirements of a lot of players from this draft class uh, so Carmelo absolutely is on his last legs um, and I wish him nothing but best and I really do think he's doing a, a great job in Portland and this is a huge win for them this is the team they're chasing right now Memphis so to be able to beat them add a, add a win to your record add a loss to their record it's huge yeah um We'll see what happens if they don't make playoffs. I think that's a bigger question of what that team has to do um, because they're going to be serious questions that are going to be asked. Now that's a question. You're Damian Lillard. You don't make playoffs. What do you do? And I know he has tons of loyalty to Portland, but at some point in your career, you got to think, man, can I win a championship with these guys? Yeah. And that question is going to be this year because it doesn't look like they're going to win any championships. Mm-hmm. Um, By all accounts, they should have done really well this year on paper. Yeah. One of the deepest teams, I feel like, in the league. Yeah. It's hard, though, being in the Western Conference. Yeah. But it's, yeah. But Denver, Denver is a team that doesn't look explicitly great on paper. That's right. But they're second seed. Mm-hmm. So, like, Portland could have been that team. And yeah. They were last year. They were fourth or fifth seed. Yeah. Um, and, and they faced uh, OKC with uh, West, Westbrook and uh, PG-13. And they made that you know, jackpot million-dollar shot. Dude, if Utah can be doing as well as they are. I think Utah's overrated. Yeah, I, but they're 42 and 23. Yeah, I think they're overrated still. I don't think they're a good team. I don't think I don't I think they're a terrible team. No, I know. My, my point is that they're well within playoffs. Right. Utah's in playoffs, yeah. Well within playoffs. 42 and 23 and Portland has managed to go 30 and 37. Yeah. yeah. How? I don't know. Yeah. So, I don't buy this West thing, especially in this day and age when you look at the East and how deep they are from 1 through 6. I agree 7 and down, garbage. But you look at one through six, all of those teams are really good. Yeah. You know, going down the list, you got Milwaukee, you got the Raptors, you got uh, Boston, Philly. you got Philly, you got Miami. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like that's what I got to counter to, right? Like when I when I think about the Western Conference, it's always down to like two teams that have like all the superstar players, right? Like I feel like the Western Conference is secretly the Battle of LA, which everyone has touted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that all these other teams, Portland. Um, Utah, I think that a lot of these teams are going to like peak out in the second round, right? But in order for them to become a championship team, like the whole makeup has to change these teams, right? And that's why I think it's just really hard in the Western Conference, right? So 
if Damian Lillard stays on Portland, right, it would be, it's like, what is it, if your goal is to win a championship, a lot has to change, right, in order to be successful in the Western Conference versus what you guys said in the Eastern Conference, where I feel like it's always up for grabs, right? We have Milwaukee at the top, but it's really, it, it is kind of up for grabs, right? Yeah. With, so. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I don't know. Dame maybe wants to come check out the East. Um, he, well, Again, the East is going to be tough next year with KD and that's Kyrie. Abs- and, that's and, absolutely true, yeah. You know? But no LeBron. But no LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, but you got new LeBron, which is KD. Uh, he could be just as terrifying in the East. I can only imagine the rampage he might go on. Oh, well, and plus there's Giannis, reigning MVP Giannis, guys. Don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> These guys have been killing it for the past two seasons. Best record in the league last year. Probably going to be best record in the league this league this year. Well, that's what everyone's saying. Giannis could get MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Finals MVP, and I think one more. I forget what the other accolade would be, but yeah, he could. he's potentially up for three, four awards this year. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, in my mind, the East has really closed the gap with the West. Um, I, I do agree with you that the West does have a lot of good teams, but when you're talking about the eighth seed... But we're talking about making playoffs, so there's no excuse. Yeah, when we're talking about the eighth seed, we're talking about teams like Memphis. Memphis, I think, is currently sitting in that eighth spot. And no one expected that. Being Everyone, led by a rookie. Yeah, no one expected that from Memphis. Memphis is like, oh, we're going to get another first-round draft pick. And then this pleasant surprise happened where Ja led the team. He became an instant leader at, at a rookie season. Uh, to lead them to the eighth seed. So, uh, I mean, there's no excuses here. Dame, you've been in the, And I'm not blaming Dame. Dame is playing out of his his, his mind. CJ McCollum, I can put some blame on him because I had him in fantasy, and he's just not up to par, in my opinion. Um, he's averaging pretty well. He's not progressed. He's, he hasn't progressed. Yeah, he's kind of either stayed the same or regressed a little bit. Right. Um, and and, and uh, the other guys, again... Portland is very deep. They're just not translating into wins. But I, I want to say it's a system. I, I don't think you can blame any one player on that team. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's just not the right makeup. So probably fire the coach. It's probably the next move. Who is their coach, by the way? I'm not even sure. I want to say Nate McMillan, but I think that's like when Greg Oden and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brandon... Brandon Rega- regardless, though, yeah. Like when you, when, you, when you have guys that are playing well individually, you have to say... You have to point to the system. Same same critique that we have on Philly. You could, Terry Scotts. Terry Scotts. It's the same critique you can have on, yeah, on, on Portland. He's been the coach since 2012, it looks like. So he's going to definitely get fired. Yeah, he's definitely going to get fired. 2012 to present. He's going to get fired. That guy's fired. <laughs> Buddy, look for another. Look, look at New York, bro. <laughs> Your ass is fired at the end of this season. I think regardless, you fire him. You have every piece on paper. You well, there's a couple of coaches I think are, are, are going to be, you know, on the chopping block. Obviously, um, Terry Scott. Terry Scott. Yeah. yeah. Him, obviously, Brett Brown on the chopping block. A lot of coaches on the chopping block. Um, just teams underachieving. It's, it's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, and again, we talked about coaching, that there's been this shift, and I think it's the Nick Nurse. I'm going to call it the Nick Nurse effect. We get these young coaches that aren't afraid to do things, that are thinking outside the box, that are getting away from tradition, which I think is awesome. And it's not even really the fact that they're young coaches. Like Steve Kerr, uh, Nick Nurse, they're not really young coaches. They got a lot of experience behind them, just not NBA experience. Steve Kerr, I wouldn't put in that 
same conversation only because Steve Kerr came in there with a mindset, but Steph Curry kind of broke that mindset because there were shots that Steph Curry was taking in his MVP season and things that he was doing that Steve Kerr did not agree with. But because they were succeeding, he couldn't really say much and he sort of let them go with the flow. But that, I think that's part of being a good coach is allowing your yeah. players to, to play to their strength. Yeah. Um, and not having that ego to say, okay, even though you're doing well, you have to play to my system. No, if you're doing well, you're doing well regardless. And 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 a team that we, we've probably not talked about at all this, this podcast season was Golden State Warriors and what they might do next year. They're not even in the bubble, so they're even more away from mm-hmm. this. Um, it's, I think it's going to be super interesting because they're going to be a contender in the West, I believe, next year as well. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. they're going to get a top five draft pick, I think, arguably, or top ten. And yeah. there are a few guys that they could take, especially big men that can shoot three. And they always are destination players want to go to mm-hmm. yeah. for whatever reason. I don't know what it is about Golden State, but they put up a pitch. You know, they're able to get Cousins. They're able to get KD. Yeah. Well, they're in a... It's California. California. San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah, but even like the Clippers can never get that kind of love until recently. Yeah. yeah. Even the Lakers really couldn't get those players. Well, Golden State has the uh, same backing like Boston does in terms of history, heritage, and all that stuff. What's his name was on that team, right? Will We're Jordan talking about Lakers. the Lakers, man. Before LeBron, though, they had no one. They went on. They haven't been to the playoffs before LeBron since like 2012 or something like that. But Silicon Valley has been like developing, right? Yeah. And I think like it's attracting a lot of people. I mean, not just like NBA, oh, but I just in general. I absolutely agree. I'm just yeah. saying like the fact that the Lakers couldn't get guys and 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 Golden State could get guys. On, on the yeah. drop of a hat. Well, Clippers... Would, can I say Clippers were getting guys before LA was during that period? Where, no, not really. They're, they're, last year, they were led by Lou Will and Montrez Hero, man. That's true. <laughs> I, just, I think people just didn't want to go to those teams because they're not contenders, right? Like, That's just sort of what it was. Yeah, that's, yeah I th- you're probably right on that fact. It's, the Golden fact State. that Golden State is a top-notch team, yeah. great city. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of good investment opportunities there because of Silicon Valley. I agree with all those points. I just find it almost wild the fact that the lakers have such deep history and before lebron you know they were relying on lonzo and kuzma you know it's yeah. ridiculous that was but then again i mean the lakers got lebron and that was i mean they attracted lebron out of all like oh. people right but LeBron i don't, wanted I don't to go yeah there. i don't yeah. think that's because the lakers are trying i think that's because he's like i need to go to la so yeah. i'm gonna go play yeah. for the lakers right? but exactly the point right like uh at the end of the day, LA didn't really lose this appeal, right? You're still getting all these players, right? They yeah. might have like a small period of time where they're just not successful, but you'll see them always come back, yeah, right? It wasn't a small period, man. It was Before wild, LeBron, man. 2012 was the last time they oh, really? the playoffs. Yeah. Even with Kobe there, they didn't... Uh, yeah, they, they didn't... couldn't attract guys, right? Yeah. Um, and that's partly because it's, it's tough to play with Kobe. <laughs> polarizing. He's he is a, a polarizing. He's a polarizing player. He's got well. He's part of that old school mentality too, right? Yeah. Like you got to work hard with, yeah. when you play with Kobe, and guys just don't want to work hard anymore. Times have changed. Times have changed. Which is to be days. fair. Like, how many of us can say that we have the same work ethic as our parents? No, no, right? No, like, I could close. not go through what my parents went through. Yeah, yeah. Nowhere close to what they have. But at the same time, we had other opportunities that enabled us to not have to have that suffrage. Yeah, absolutely right. right. Our, our kids are going to have the same thing. They're going to be, and this is why every generation is going to get a little bit, you know, they'll probably get smarter and higher IQ, but a little bit less on the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because you get, we get settled real easy. Whereas our parents like had to struggle. Um, they had to work and they're yeah. sending us to school and they know like yo my kids have to go to university I gotta get money for that yeah, yeah. I gotta buy a house and then like I gotta work like you know it's 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 a lot taxing for our parents were all especially on like immigrants right yeah like, on immigrants. low paying jobs too yeah. right like yeah they were factory like, my parents are factory yeah workers, my parents right? are, yeah. are line workers as well so 
No, especially like moving continents too, right? Like yeah. it's um, it's a whole um, new Yeah, world. like when our parents started off, at least with my parents, right? Like they were just doing these like uh, side jobs and it took like a while, right? Even for like my Well, dad I'll, I'll tell you job. a funny story. My dad, he got sponsored by a church. Um this is a church. Like this is the most yeah. outlandish story yeah. I've ever heard. Doesn't speak English and he was working on like the church farm or something like that. Um and he obviously like thought it was like like cultish almost <laughs> so he and his buddy no english they just walk they just walk they leave they just walk on foot leave the the, the, the farm yeah and then go from there that's how they start their life yeah. <laughs> i was like that is a wild story man yeah that's crazy. no english and you know eventually i found jobs and found a place to stay yeah um but just a crazy like that's a lifestyle that i couldn't it's a miracle of destiny, my yeah. friend. It's crazy. <laughs> my dad tells me this story all the time. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's, uh, it is what it is. Like, we see a lot of the younger NBA players, going back to your point as well, that they're kids. And something you really said to me was that, uh, that we were talking yesterday. I think it, w- it was concerning. I forget who it was. But you're like, listen, he's still a kid. So his mentality is, oh, okay, I won't say his name because he's actually a high-profile player. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say because I don't want to circle it around that. But... Um, we were talking about like guys that are on Twitter and, and whatnot or, or guys that are reacting, you know, to the messages that they want right. to send during this time because of, you know, the political unrest that's going on. Mm-hmm. And you, you made a good point that these guys are all kids and a lot of them went from high school to the NBA or they only had one year of college and they really, they didn't, their minds didn't progress in a way that can make them critically articulate situations. So what we're seeing is sort of like that underdeveloped, argument being made so. right and don't, and don't forget that a lot of these guys start getting pampered once they get into aau if you're a top guy in aau like why do you think we see all this stuff coming about oh zion accepted two hundred thousand under the table blah 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 these guys are are getting pampered well before they even leave high school so i can understand if if some of these guys go to the league and they're a bit immature Listen, I'd be the same way. If yeah. I went from high school to millions of dollars, yeah, I'd be I'm going to make stupid yeah. decisions as well. Yeah. Not calling anyone stupid, but like I'd be stupid as nails. Yeah. Okay, let's say boneheaded decisions. Yeah. And I still made boneheaded decisions yeah. in like, university. You like, know what I mean? I might end up in the strip club too. <laughs> that's a reality, right? Yeah, going back to yeah. Lou Will, by the way, I just want to say that he is a good dude. And I really do think he's a, a nice, respectful, like, I think he's, by all accounts, a good guy. Just yeah. boneheaded decision. Yeah. So... That's what it is, right? Yeah. And it's like, can you really blame them? Like a lot of these guys, high school to millions. Yeah. Could you imagine that lifestyle change? Yeah. Yeah. And NFL has the biggest problem with this because a lot of their players, they're really poor with money management. Um, You can see a lot of NFL players, they go broke because the, the 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 average career span in the NFL is about two to three years, which is nothing. Mm -hmm. You can maybe make, let's say at the worst, you can maybe make three mil. And that's, I mean, I'm going to say including endorsements um, and you guys go, you go broke right off the bat because you don't know money manager because you're still a kid. You're 18 yeah. years old. You get this mm-hmm. contract and, you know, it is what it is. You're very. And, and the thing is, we're, we expect them to be adults, but at the same time, they don't have the same educational background that most of us have that have these conscious opinions of them or well, these critical the thing opinions. too is age. I wasn't a responsible adult at 18, 19, no. 20, no. 21, yeah. 22. No. 23. <laughs> my, my 20s are pretty forgettable. You know what I mean? I think even now, like if someone's 
just out of nowhere started giving me like millions of dollars, right? Yeah. I, I don't even know if now I would make like some of the smart decisions, right? Like I know a lot of stuff now in terms of like savings and stuff like that, but yeah. to go from like one lifestyle and just like be awarded with all this money to go into a different kind of lifestyle, you're definitely gonna try to let apply, right? Like mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it, right? People will make stupid decisions with That's money, right? right? Yeah. Well, the one thing that was said during this whole coronavirus incident was that um, a lot of people who who were making a lot of money and then I guess the businesses or whatever they were associated with sort of dropped off the map. And I was talking to someone about this and they're like, well, these people are making so much money. How come they're not able to sustain their lives? I'm like, well, think about it. And I told him, I said, think about it. If you make a certain amount of money, you're going to live a certain amount of lifestyle, whether that's your mortgage that's going to be high because you have a nice house, you have a nice car because you could afford it. But mm-hmm. this, shit, this whole thing just turned the world upside down. You're going to be put in a position where the money is not coming in like it used to, but you got to sustain this lifestyle because you've had it because you could have sustained it. Mm-hmm. So that's the reality of the situation that, you know, um, that's... Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people forget is hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, yeah. These guys didn't go into their lifestyles thinking, oh, I'm eventually going to go broke. They're yeah. thinking, yeah, I got a good paying job and it's going to have, it's going to be the job for the rest of my life. Yeah. Which is, you know, the mindset they should be having. Nobody thinks they're going to be making less money in 10 years. Yeah. They're all thinking they're going to be making more, more money, money in 10 years. Yeah. So if they mortgage a house that's a million, million and a half, two million, and they're making 150K a year, that's reasonable that's in reasonable. my mind. Yeah, it is very you reasonable. I mean, that's reasonable in my yeah. mind. And then all of a sudden, like you said, pandemic happens and some of them lose their jobs. Some of them have to take pay cuts, whatever it is. Yeah. We can't fault them because they had such a nice lifestyle. Yeah. No one knew. No one expected this. <laughs> no, you're right. It's all relative, though. It right? is relative. Like, their expenses yeah. are relative, too, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. So The one thing I will say, though, is we should not be bailing out billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, America is like, I don't know. I don't know how true this stories, the stories are, but, like, they've built, I think they've done something like $500 billion to corporations. But it well, seems to be an ongoing thing because this happened during the first recession in 20, uh, 2000 and three or whatever well i just don't believe in it because it's not like you're bailing out these 150,000 guys or 200,000 guys or fifty yeah. one guy you know? <laughs> yeah. you're bailing out one person yeah. you're billing you're bailing out literally the one percent and they're getting bonuses you want to yeah. bail people out bail everybody out and then okay fine you can bail out the billionaires but yeah. uh, but that's a that's a, that's a different story yeah. <laughs> that said i think uh, canada's Canada did well during this pandemic. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think. Yeah. I oh, think what a way to handle it, eh? it. Yeah, yeah, we nailed it. I think in all three levels of government, and even uh, I'm just gonna say two levels of government because I don't. Provincial and federal. Yeah, they did a. I think they did an outstanding job, and they work together in cooperation. There's no miscommunication. There's no arguing. There's no fighting, at least visibly. Oh my goodness! Like, Listen, professional. I professional. I have low opinions of Doug Ford, and even I thought he did it. He did a great job. Good job, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're trying to find like the like NDP and stuff. They're trying to find faults in him. And I'm like, listen, he he worked with what he had, and I thought he did very well. Well, I think what you hit the nail on the head on was the fact that there was a huge level of cooperation from all points of government. You know, all sides. It doesn't matter what political party. And we listened to scientists and doctors. And <laughs> everybody took it yeah. seriously, and that's the most important thing. Yeah. If you look at the states, and I know we're going to get into a little political talk here, um, but you look at a guy like Donald Trump, he seems to be more worried about his campaign than he is about this COVID situation, which is a crazy mentality to have, you know, at this day and age, when you look at all these countries that have, how did, you know, these countries get, um, get ahead of the curve? It's not a, it's, it's not rocket science. No. They put in, you know, 
bans in place. They put in mandatory mask wearing, all this stuff. And now it's, they're out. It's just logic. It's like, you guys have no logic. It's like, I don't want to wear a mask because it's my freedom. It's like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mark and I were talking about this earlier. And I was saying, even if this comes out as a hoax, the worst that they did was force you to wear a mask. And this is the hill that you want to die on your freedom to wear or not wear a mask. This is the, this is the freedom that you want to fight for. Jeez, guys, we got other issues on our plates besides it's wearing a mask. It's too silly. I really think it also, it reflects on the leaders, right? Like, when we look at the news in Canada, we see um, Trudeau, right? Like, he's, one, he's socially distanced. There's no one behind him. Two, uh, there, a good amount of time he's wearing a mask. But um, the point is he's socially distanced. If you look at, like, American news, right? You see Trump standing with all these people. Trump doesn't believe in masks. And he has such a huge following there, right? Like, people are going to take after their leaders. If your leader does not believe in it, then how are the people going to believe in it? On top of that um everyone's uh, like you said infringing on your freedom right but uh, i think over here i think a big role like the governments have done a great job but i think that the people play a huge role as well and i think a lot of people here they made a lot of sacrifices uh staying home not going out to parties but i think it's benefited us in the end we're actually properly going into stage three except for brampton because brampton had like a bunch of parties a 200 person we're going to the bramptons bro a 200 person party but i i gotta think that if you're having a party with 200 guests you're probably okay with the fines that come with it yeah patrick brown was talking about that actually and he said uh, i was listening to him on Roz and mocha um oh, on their man. podcast by the way patrick brown got a raw deal yeah well, he got shafted his... right oh man they fucking a screwed him ctv deal. screwed him man yeah he... but anyway he's still being yeah go ahead sorry oh i was just saying he built that party up and then doug Moore is like i'll take it i'll over take it right over, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways uh what were you saying about patrick Brown? yeah so patrick Brown was saying like yeah to avoid this in the in the future uh, she said specifically this weekend if anyone in brampton's having a party like not only are the um not only are the hosts gonna get tickets but people there are gonna have a ticket so then Roz said okay what happens if my buddy from Brampton tells me that there's only gonna be like 20 people there so I go there have a few beers and then like I look up and there's a hundred people there what am I supposed to do it's like well that's on you you have to count and drink at the same time (laughs) (laughs) that is a great answer so uh Roz started laughing and it was all a good time but uh yeah. yeah um to Curran's point you're absolutely right if your leader is not uh, exercising the cautions that he should be obviously people won't be either but also though and i agree with you on that but also people need to have critical thinking abilities and be able to think for themselves you should never be tied to one party because for the most part i would say I, i'm liberal but if the liberal party is doing something i don't like i'm gonna call them out on it you know there's there's pros and cons to every party you got to be able to think critically and that's the whole point of voting in the first place otherwise you're going to have the same results over and over and over again yeah, I think in the U.S. there's definitely two different mentalities, right? Like the it's either you are or you're not. Yeah, you're either liberal or you're not liberal, right? You're either um, you're either Republican or you're Democratic, left yeah. and right. Yeah, and I've right? seen extreme on both sides. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too much of anything is bad. The spectrums, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think over here the Liberal Party is uh, definitely on the left side, but I think even the Conservative Party is like somewhere in the middle, right? Oh They're my, more God. central. If the anything. gap between the Conservatives and the Liberals here, and the gap between Republicans and the Democrats, oh, different dimension. Way, way different. I, I would say if you took our uh, Conservative Party, brought them to the states, they would be considered uh, conservative. I mean, liberal, Democratic. Yeah. Yeah. Or Democratic. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Every so, opinion or every issue is the complete opposite opinion between Republican and yeah. like Democrat. Yeah. yeah. It's Democrats, like your right? shirt is red and then you're the Republican. You're like, his shirt is green. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, my problem too is the fact that they always choose just the weirdest things to campaign Exploit. over. Yeah. You know, like it's crazy. Like right now, freedom to wear a mask or not. Yeah. Oh no! You guys took away my freedom to not wear a mask. Oh my goodness! It's just a conspiracy, so you can't breathe properly, and then you die. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, they're advertising that way. The, the right to bear arms. How about the right to have health care? You yeah. know, all the yeah. things that matter. Yeah. It's crazy. It's uh, it's a lot of brainwashing, right? It's so. it's ridiculous the the kind of freedoms that they target they, yeah they advertise yeah i also think it's the educated versus the uneducated but it is it's Oof. so true it's so true that's exactly what it is it's educated versus uneducated but uh yeah anyways so uh that's uh that about concludes the russell ball podcast a lot of basketball and oh my goodness thank you first of all also i, I gotta say bang up job Adam Silver, NBA, everyone who organized this startup. I will, I'll be honest. I was one of the guys who are kind of like, it's, it's if it's a danger to everybody, you might as well just cancel it. But they've done everything really the right way. Um, and I'm more than happy to have basketball back because it has been so exciting. It's only been two days back into the restart. And I'm already like, I cannot wait for the playoffs. I cannot wait to see the Raptors. I cannot wait to see the Easter Conference Finals, the Finals, the Battle of L.A., um yeah so any last words guys yeah i think uh they did an absolutely phenomenal job with the bubble right there was so much fear now that uh florida's cases are blowing up but with mm -hmm. all the policies they have in place yeah. um knock on wood hopefully it stays like this but uh i mean they've had zero positive uh covid cases in right. the last and this was all from the hard work that they put in this right so right. i'm pretty impressed also leading uh the social justice campaigns they've done a bang-up job as well so mark yeah. uh my final words uh yeah i'm really happy the nba is back uh, i'm very happy to have dr badwell in the building i'm really happy he's you're our most uh viewed guests uh, <laughs> on this podcast which is the only awesome. guest yeah yeah but we're, you're the only guest that we really want but i uh, know absolutely moment. though current thanks for taking the time to join us um, um just want to say go leafs go the nhl uh, quietly resuming, eh? yeah. Quietly resuming, whereas uh, MLB is possibly going to be canceled. <laughs> it looks like we'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I think which team was it that had like 17 cases? It was Florida Marlins. The I Jays think. are on a four-day vacation. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. MLB might actually be shut down. So again, big ups to NBA. I know NHL. Uh, we're one of the hubs along with Edmonton. I believe there's one other city, but Canada looks like the main hubs. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. hate to bring this up but we're not going to be hosting the stanley cup playoffs which i think is complete buffoonery well to be honest if the leafs make it they gotta switch it to be honest if y'all don't want to host the end show that's all right with me <laughs> i don't want a whole bunch of people coming into the city to be quite honest that's with, true if I, just as a citizen that's true it's not that's, like i'm going to yeah, be able to see these point. games live anyway so wherever you play it it doesn't really matter to that's me. true yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for having me on the show. It's been an honor. Um, We're gonna I love coming on the show. I love talking about basketball. I don't really get too much of an outlet for these kinds of things. So thanks again for having me here. All right, guys. So that's it. That uh, concludes the Russell Ball podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, for our Canadian listeners, enjoy your... What, what uh, holiday is it? This? Civic. 
civic holiday weekend. What that means, I do not know. Take care and have a good one. <laughs>